it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to Episode 7 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the coaches of the Indiana Wesleyan men's basketball team. If you've ever been on a team, you know there are moments every season that become legendary and serve as stories to tell in future years when players get back together. Today, we're going to go inside one of those moments from this year with Trevor Waite. Trevor was one of the players on our leadership team this year, and he will share about a late-night workout the team had when we got back from a game after midnight. Of course, we'll bring on Coach T so he can share his side of the story in the second half. We're joined now by junior Trevor Waite. Trevor, I want to take you back to a moment in December. We win a game, but we probably didn't play up to our potential. And in the locker room, the coaches are talking about some ways we have to grow. And Coach Tonegal mentions when we get back to the Indiana Wesleyan gym, we're going to do a workout as a team. What's going through the mind of players in that moment and the whole bus ride home? Right, yeah. It was it was sort of a um, – it kind of felt like he was tricking us a little bit because – they took us to this really nice restaurant <laughs> after the game. Um, but he was saying, he said, we're not where we want to be. And he said, I promise you, we will walk back to the gym from here, from Cincinnati, if we have to, holding 45-pound plates. And so I think just having that image in my mind, I knew that whatever was coming was not going to be fun. Well, you think it's players only. He said coaches and players are working out tonight. <laughs> I remember being at the buffet and trying to decide how many ribs I should eat that <laughs> night. <laughs> so we get back to Indiana Wesleyan. It's late at night. We went to one of our recruits' high school games, so it was probably it was midnight, I think. Midnight. Nobody's on campus. It's a Saturday night. We go to the weight room. And we start doing plate workouts. And take I'd just like you to take listeners inside what happened next. Sure. So we get to the we pull into the circle outside of the wreck, and coach says, You have four minutes to be into uh, the (laughs) weight room. And so I mean, we we had no idea what to expect really on the drive home. But once we heard that, we were like, Okay, it's time to lock in. Um, we we rush into the weight room, um, and he says, Grab a plate. And so Essentially, a plate workout is um, 41 reps of, I think, six different lifts and then 76 reps of bench with the 45-pound plate. Um, And we did one of those, um, and he said, all right, that's the first media timeout, I believe. (laughs) And so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, how many media timeouts are there? Like halftime, and I'm like, there's 10 of these. We're going to do 10 plate workouts. And the most I'd ever done was five or six after a loss um, my sophomore year. So I just couldn't imagine getting through 10 of them. Um, And I couldn't, I mean, I felt for the guys that are freshmen, like Grant Smith and Kyle Mangus, Sam McCracken, like I looked at them like, there is no way that they're going to do 10 of these. I I remember that moment because, so part of it, the whole way home, I was, in my mind, are we really as coaches going to have to do that? Part of me was hoping coach is going to stand up at the end and say, tricked you, yeah. you know, you guys can go home. 
and we walk into the weight room and when he says we're in the first media timeout, I, I start doing the calculations in my head. And I'm thinking, 10 plate workouts. Because even the time we did six, we were supposed to do three. Yeah. But a couple guys were cutting reps, so yeah. we added some at the end. So six was outlandish. Yeah. But to do 10, it almost seemed like something you couldn't do on your own. So how were you right. able to, you guys able to get through it? Yeah. So a big part of um, getting through it was just accountability. Um, probably on like the third or fourth. We call them cookies. On the third or fourth cookie, uh, we just said, all right, grab a partner, and you have to count each partner's reps because um, some of the upperclassmen were thinking back to last year when we were only supposed to do three, and we get to the fourth and fifth one because guys are cutting reps, but we didn't have much accountability on that team. Um, so I remember that night we were we had guys yelling at coaches even, telling them, like, get your plate up. You know, keeping everyone accountable, and that's really the key to how we got through that night, I think. Sometimes, though, accountability can seem like such a harsh word, and at times it has to be, but there's also this encouraging side of accountability. And I remember in that weight room that night, there was a, a sense of energy. You were one of the guys. There were multiple guys who were bringing so much energy to their teammates because some of the guys were so focused on just getting one rep they couldn't talk. Yeah. And guys like you and others were bringing energy and trying to lift them up. Why was that so important? Yeah, um, I think that's just rooted into our program is when you see someone else down that you have to lift them up. Uh, my freshman year, I would not have been comfortable raising my voice like I did that night, but just um, – from growth in the program, I think that I've learned that that's one thing that's so important is just when when you see one of your friends um, struggling, that you have to sharpen them. We as coaches, I, I know, felt like we weren't playing as well as we could have. We had so many new players. We were trying to figure things out. But there were a few parts of our team we thought could go to another level in terms of effort and energy. And I remember, I think it was maybe you after the game that said, after the, the workout that said, if we would have played with as much energy as we just lifted with, we would have won by many more points. And it was true. And we, this didn't solve everything. We're gonna see, we, we went through some more adversity as a team over the next few weeks. And things weren't all peachy after this workout. But as you look back, what's the biggest thing you take away when you look at moments like those as a player? Yeah, so I think just, my biggest takeaway is knowing that growth often results from doing things that you don't want to do. Um, so I, I guarantee that no one wanted to go into that weight room and do 3,000 upper body lifts in, <laughs> in 30 minutes, you know. So, but at the same time, doing that instilled the mindset in us that um, we need to have this desire uh, when we're on the court and we need to be able to keep our teammates accountable on and off the court. So that mindset that we developed uh, in the weight room that night really helped us to um, come up with this idea of hustle plays in the game. And hustle plays um, are a result of really what we, the work that we put in that night. Um, and then hustle plays, that idea transitioned in, into winning plays, which is like hmm. if we're on the court and we're not getting every 50-50 ball, every loose ball, uh, we're not rebounding, you know, doing the little things, then we're not going to win. And then when we got into the postseason, the idea turned into championship plays. Uh, championship plays are just, you can't really describe them. Like, you, but you watch the games, you watch uh, when we're in the national tournament, and you just see like people like Joel making championship plays. They're just indescribable plays where you say, wow, that guy's playing with 
more hard than anyone on the court. And all of that, I believe, resulted from the growth that we found that night. We've said before how it's not a straight line to the top to win a championship. And we're entering a time of the season when we aren't playing our best. We really go through some of the low points of the season on the floor in the next few episodes. As you said so well, in order for us to grow, we're going to have to do some things we don't feel like doing. When we come back, we're going to talk to Coach T about that and give him a chance to share his side of the story from that late night workout. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back for the second half with Coach Tonegal. We just heard from Trevor Wade about a legendary story amongst the players, but I want to rewind even earlier in the day. We're going into halftime, Coach, and uh, you're pretty frustrated as we're talking because we didn't perform up to expectation. And right before you went in the locker room, you looked right at me and you said, I'm not going to lose my cool. Well, fast forward to the end of the game and uh, – you looked at my shirt and you said, what, what's all over your shirt? And what you didn't realize is at halftime, you threw a marker that hit the wall and exploded all over my white t-shirt during halftime, right after you said you weren't going to lose it. Take us back inside your emotions during that game and why you were so frustrated. I'm not sure I want to, to be honest with you, because <laughs> my wife's going to hear this and I'm, then I'm really going to be in trouble. But I, yeah, confession time. I, uh, I've developed a habit of throwing things. Um, probably since I was really, really young. Maybe I just haven't got over that habit. But obviously we all were frustrated because, as we've talked about before, you know, frustration is unmet expectation. And our players hadn't met it. We, it was the night before, I believe, we had played on the road and, and kind of struggled through a victory, then came into this game, which we were heavy favorites. And at halftime, we weren't playing up to our potential. And I had been really working on how I'm, I'm venting my frustration with the team. And I, I think I was trying to talk myself into <laughs> not being angry. But once I got in there and, you know, you see this, there's that moment of a coach where you, you look and the players are looking at you confused. Um, maybe they don't have the answers. Maybe they don't want the answers. And it just ignited something in me that just said, all right, I've had enough. And unfortunately, I, th- I threw a marker at the at the board and it hit the wrong way and it exploded. And uh, I think I owe you a, either dry cleaning or a new shirt. I'm not sure. So we end up winning the game, which in a lot of people's mind, that's all you're going after. But we still decide to do this workout after a win. Why? Well, I think it's this idea that we all have just great expectations for our players. I mean, I think every player should be an All-American, whether you're the, the number one scorer on our team or whether you're the, the last guy on the bench. I just feel like 
that you have great potential and I want to help you become the absolute best you can be. And I, I can't change my mindset in that. And so when we don't play to our potential, uh, something's got to change. Either the way I'm coaching you or the way you're responding. And we were kind of caught in that moment that night. I mean, we're on the road. We're playing a team that, that, that we're favored on and, and we should be playing up to our potential and we didn't. And, and something we always say is that you're your personal expectations often determine the, the potential for your own success. So if you have expectations that are low, well, there's your ceiling, right? That's how good you're going to be someday. And I think for us to say, no, no, we're going to raise the bar on this ceiling about your own standards. And the standard is when you step on the court, we think you should play at a much higher level than you're playing. I confess to Trevor in the first half that we're on the three-hour bus ride home. And part of me is hoping you weren't serious when you – said we were going to go work out as a team. But, of course, we get back and you get in front and you say, like, we've got 15 seconds to be in the locker room or, or in the weight room or two minutes or whatever it was. And remember, we get dressed and we're walking to the weight room. And right before we go in, I look and say, you know what we're going to be doing? Just because I wanted to prepare myself. And you said, no, I have no idea. Uh, so <laughs> take me and the listeners inside your mind as we went into the weight room. That should have been the first indicator that it was a bad idea, <laughs> uh, that I had no plan. Um, but how many times as a coach have you said something and then you're like, oh, man, I cannot take that back? Because what I said at the end after we had talked to our team was, get ready when we get home because we're working out. And then as the bus ride kind of wore on, I mean, it was a three-hour trip. We looked at our watches and it was 1 a.m. And I said, there's no way I can take this back. But, but the reality of the situation is this. Coaches do all the workouts the players do. So I don't know who was more fearful, the coaching staff or the players, because, <laughs> one, we're always in bed at that time. But, but, two, we were about to do some work. And so when we walked in there, I just knew we had to work. I had no idea what it looked like. And part of it was to see how it would play out. I think in those moments you're looking, who, who's going to lead us? How are they going to respond? How, how personally are they going to take this? Are they mad that we just went into a place and didn't play our best? So we do our first plate workout, <laughs> and your famous words were, that's the first media timeout. And I quickly did the math in my head, and that led to 10 plate workouts. Did you have any idea what you were saying in that moment? No, I remember. <laughs> so plate workout is, I think it's like 245 reps with a 45-pound plate of various exercises. So raising your arm above your head 245 times is tiring, let alone with a 45-pound plate, just to give the listeners some, some context out there. But during it, I was just replaying the game in my mind. And when we got done with that first one, I hadn't even made it past the first media timeout. And I thought about a bad closeout. I thought about a turnover, or multiple turnovers. And so I just said, fellas, there's the first timeout. Let's see how we come out of this second timeout. And then I, too, did the math and thought, oh, no, this is a <laughs> lot of plate workouts, all right? We were talking a lot, though, during that time about a concept of calling out greatness. And I believe it was something that you had done as a key to the game on a scouting report, which is a unique time to share a concept like this as a team. So maybe talk about that concept and also how something as simple as a scouting report can be used as leverage to share a message with the team. Yeah, I think it goes back to just, once again, our philosophy of coaching. And much of it has to do with this idea of fearless. But I believe in, in each of us, there's a not only a desire, but there's a potential for greatness. God's equipped us. God has created us. God has placed his image on us to become great. And I think too often maybe we give too much focus to the sinful side of things and we look at the downfall. But 
in Christ and, and through a relationship with him, he's restoring this greatness inside of us. His image, when it, when it obviously is restored and renewed, produces greatness. So it's our job, I think, to find that greatness. And for each player, it's different. Each player has been gifted in a unique way and has an opportunity to serve the team in a very special way. And so we've got to constantly pull that out. And, and for us, sometimes it just starts with expectations, saying, hey, there's far more that you – that you can give than you're already giving. And I've been put in your life to help you get that. I'm the accountability in this next season of life that's going to call that out of you. Next time I'd prefer to just be challenged verbally. <laughs> <laughs> but why a scouting report? Yeah, so so one of the avenues I think that we've, we've, we're sensing that we can call greatness out of our players is, is through scouting reports. The frequency of a scouting report is you know, every, every week we're, we're sitting in front of our guys twice saying, Here's the direction that we need to go as a team, and here's the direction we need you to go as a team. And I think one thing we're learning is that we really do want God's voice over every aspect of our program. So that could be as, as simple as our, our, our prayer time and our devotions, but why can't it be in the other important areas, the workouts that we have, the scouting reports that we have? So we've begun to ask God, hey, what do these guys need to hear that's going to inspire them to be great as they go approach the, the basketball game? So... We've been we've been really seeking uh, just seeking out a word for our scouting reports, applying it to basketball, and then hopefully motivating them to play at their absolute best. One of the fun things to watch at the end of the season, you go back through the the year on the scouting reports, and a lot of games it's just plus ten rebounds. This is a good rebounding team. We got to keep them off the glass. But there's these moments in the season where there's a very clear message to deliver, and at this time it was calling out greatness. And to look back on it now, it was a word our team needed to hear. On our next episode, we're going to take you inside the team's three-game losing streak in midseason. Jacob Johnson's going to come on and share about what it was like to be injured during that time. You don't really think about regret until it's kind of on the doorstep, knowing that you'll be gone the next year and won't ever play college basketball again. And so um, just kind of that, the culmination of that, um, knowing that I'm sitting out watching my team lose and can't really do a ton about it, um, that was really tough on me. Then, Ben Carlson will join and share about the challenges of leadership during adversity. I can't cater to every guy's needs because honestly, at that point of the season, that was our issue, is we were, we were catering to what guys needed instead of what was best for the team. And so it was really hard for me. Um, I just feel like I have a heart for people, so I want everyone to be happy at all times, I want everyone to feel loved and accepted. And sometimes um, I couldn't just be Mr. Nice Guy to people, you know, I had to really do some things that I was uncomfortable with in order for the team to grow. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag ask Iwoo Hoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Iwoo Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.